Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast with your host, Leo Rizzuti. Every week we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeist, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax, and get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hey guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. Uh, This week we're going to be, once again, diving into the world of listener stories. So the stories that you guys have submitted. And we have kind of a special treat tonight. We have one of the stories is accompanied with a couple of EVPs that were submitted at the same time, which is really, really interesting. And also another one of the stories is associated with an ongoing blog. So not only can you hear the stories, but you can also continue on with the experiences on the contributor's blog. So that's kind of a neat thing. And then we have just a regular story sent by somebody, which is always exciting in itself. So let's uh, go ahead and get cozy, get a blanket, because it's a little chilly outside. I don't know about where you guys are, but it's supposed to be a high of 17 this weekend, which doesn't exactly make me enthusiastic for jumping outside and doing yard work or anything. But you guys grab a blanket, grab a cup of hot chocolate or coffee, and cozy up, and let's jump right on into our stories. Our first story of the evening comes to us from Monica. And she didn't give it a title, so we're going to call it Ghostly Voices, because this is the story that has the EVPs attached to it. So what we're going to do is, obviously I'm going to read the story as she submitted it, but when it comes to the moment where she captured the EVPs, we'll kind of pause it and I'll play the EVP several times, which you guys have, if you've listened to the podcast before, especially our great EVP podcast that we did a while back. Uh, you know our format. We kind of play the EVP and then we play it multiple times so that you guys can get a good listen to it. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump right on into Monica's story. I was living in Sullivan County, New York State with a boyfriend a few years back. These particular recordings are from 2014, right before I moved out. The boyfriend was at work and I was home alone with the dog, a little Jack Russell named Kip, who, by the way, I know for sure can't speak English. I was watching TV and thought I heard a voice, so I shut the TV off to see if it was voices coming from outside. There was no one out there. This was all the way out in the woods next to state game lands, so we weren't in a neighborhood. There were lots and lots of wooded space between where I was and the next property, at least a few minutes walk. The landlord's house was on the same property, but it was far away and no one was home at the time. I was on the couch I regularly slept on since the bedroom had become quite the hot spot for weird paranormal activity. So, since there were no people around, I started to talk into the air, asking if it was a spirit, and how many were there with me. 
to sort of put my intentions out there. I grabbed my digital recorder and began talking and leaving pauses in between my questions. The EVP was right after I was wondering how many were with me, and I was saying that I just wanted to know if anyone was there with me. And you can hear a distinct male voice say, two. So I turned off the TV to turn on the digital recorder to see if there's anybody here with me who had something to say. Okay, I'm going to play back now. Just a few minutes later, without any knowledge that I had gotten that first EVP, came a second one in a whisper and sounded to me more like a female voice, thus making it two spirits who were communicating with me that day. For a long time, I thought that it said my name, Monica, but upon the recording being cleaned up from background noise, realized it actually says, go to bed which in itself is terribly creepy because that is where I had the most strange experiences and where I believed they used to mess with me and never let me get a full night's sleep. My name is Monica. lot of weird stuff happened in that apartment. The guy and I had broken up for reasons unrelated to all of this, but I can't say I wasn't happy to be leaving that apartment. I did find out that there were at least two bodies buried on the property, like a cemetery with family members that died many years ago, and a guy who lived in a camper next to the house we lived in had died a few months before this happened, and was dead in the camper for a couple of weeks before he was discovered. Not sure if any of that is related, but it sure is a weird coincidence. Okay, Monica, that was a really, really cool story. And uh, Monica and I had gone back and forth a little bit with these EVPs, so I'm not giving her any new information whenever I analyze the story a little bit. But uh, needless to say, the first thing that jumps out at me is you can definitely tell the difference between just a normal person and somebody who is uh, dealing with haunting activity in their house. If you're sitting there with them and they have a digital recorder within arm's reach, chances are that's somebody who has experienced some stuff and they're waiting to catch an EVP. So good work there, Monica, and catching those EVPs. Uh, It definitely helps to be prepared at all times. I guess uh, Jeff Foxworthy would say, If you have a digital recorder within arm's reach at all times, you might be a paranormal enthusiast. Uh, There's a lot of death associated definitely with that small area. Um, And I don't know, Monica, if maybe you can find out. It'd be really interesting to find out just who was buried there, whether it was family members, former homeowners, uh, anything like that, and whether or not it was a man and a woman because... As you said, you captured the voice of a man and you captured the voice of a woman. And I would be really interested to find out if it was possible that the bodies buried there in the cemetery 
more so than the guy who died in the camper, were related to that haunting. Of course, that being said, the guy that died in the camper, you don't say how he died or anything like that. I don't know if it was violent or if it was just like a heart attack and they just didn't find the body until later on, but that's definitely another possibility. I just think it's very odd that you got two kinds of voices there, as you said, male and female, and you said that there are multiple people that are buried on the property. I just think it could be linked. So at any rate, thank you very much, Monica, for sending in your story. And I know you have a lot of other experiences, so hopefully we'll hear some more from you in the future. But at the meantime, it was really cool you sending in this one and the EVPs. Thanks a lot, Monica. Our next story comes to us from Jim, and he has titled it, A Violent Ghost Attack in My Dreams. Okay, Jim, let's see what you sent to us. This whole experience seemed 100% real as it was happening in my mind. I can only assume that it must have been a dream, but it was, by far and away, the most realistic dream or nightmare I have ever encountered. I had gone to bed early one evening and quickly fell into a very deep sleep. Suddenly I woke up with trouble breathing, as though something had its hands wrapped around my neck. I opened my eyes to see this person, who was under my covers, sitting knees first down on top of my chest, choking my throat, with their knees holding my arms down. I couldn't see a face straight away. I tried screaming for help from my wife, who was working on the computer in the adjoining room, but was unable to mutter much more than a faint murmur due to the being's hands wrapped around my throat. After several minutes of trying to fight this being off my body, I finally got a hand free to knock on the wall to try to attract my wife to come for help. Where I was able to somewhat fight this being off my body until my wife came in, and I was then able to see this being's face for the first time. It looked like a blonde female's face who had been drowned. My wife finally helped me to get this being off of me, and as I got up to hug her, turned around, the being was gone. I got my wife to come to bed with me and we held each other close and finally I started dozing off again. Suddenly I realized that this being was back and that it was not my wife. I felt a surge of pressure being applied to my body by this being as it once again tried to sit down on top of my chest. While I was fighting this being, I assume I passed out. What seemed to be about five minutes later, I physically woke up, this time for real, threw my covers off, turned on the light, and headed straight for my wife in the next room. I told her about my experience, and she could see that I was quite shaken up about the whole thing. I asked her about things like, did she hear me scream? Did she come in to help me? Which, of course, she didn't. All I could put this down to was a dream, but... After reading similar stories on the net, I wonder now if it could be more of like a sleep paralysis syndrome. I take antihistamines before sleep, but I have done that for well over 10 years now with no previous occurrence of this at all. I have had what I believe to be contact with the paranormal before, although previous times have been when I was well and truly awake. 
whoa, Jim, you have a lot going on in that story, man, and none of it is exactly happy thoughts. <laughs> um, first off, I want to touch on sleep paralysis, which you mentioned that you think it definitely could be, and it's a possibility. Uh, sleep paralysis is a documented phenomenon, uh, well known to a lot of doctors who deal with sleep disorders. And what it is, is when you kind of wake up, or sometimes when you're just falling asleep, but usually when you wake up and you know you're in kind of that gray area where you're not really awake, but you're aware of things going on around you, um, people experience a sensation where you can see things, you can hear things, you can experience things, but you cannot move. Your entire body's paralyzed, and it is absolutely terrifying. Uh, there's not really a great explanation for it other than there's a couple of theories about maybe it is the body's way of keeping you in place when you first wake up or when you're in deep sleep so that you don't roll out of your bed or anything like that, um, which I guess it could be, although I know that I personally toss and turn a lot in my sleep, so I can't imagine that if you toss and turn in your sleep, that your body would have a mechanism to keep you still. Um, I know my wife would appreciate it if I would keep still <laughs> whenever I'm sleeping, but unfortunately, I tend to kick her in the back every once in a while. Sorry, honey. Um, the other theory is that it's a neurological disorder, which is kind of akin to you having a seizure, except for instead of your body going through tremors, your body locks up um, and you can't move. That seems a little more plausible to me as far as sleep paralysis, just based on the other factors going into it, the other experiences that people have where they're just absolutely terrified and they sometimes will experience things that aren't normal. Now, in your case, where you say that you've had other paranormal experiences, I kind of lean more towards it being an effect of a haunting in your home. Uh, not that I know that your house is haunted. Obviously, we don't have a whole lot of information to go on. But there have been a lot of documented cases where sleep paralysis has been associated with a haunting. Unfortunately, normally those hauntings are tied in with negative entities. So that's never a good thing. And I don't want to jump to any conclusions with that. But there have been things that sound very similar to what you experienced. Most famously, something called the Night Hag, which is a negative entity that takes the form of a woman, sometimes really attractive, sometimes hideous and hag-like, which is why they call it the Night Hag. And it's a form of succubus. And in case you guys don't know, we'll get kind of into the weeds with this a little bit, but I think it's important that we all are on the same page terminology-wise. A succubus is a negative entity or a demon, for lack of a better word, that takes the form of a woman, in this case, and does so in order to, well, to have sexual intercourse with their victim. If it's a male entity attacking a female, then it would be what's called an incubus, which is the same thing, just different sex. And one negative entity can take both forms. It's not a hard and fast, well, if you're a succubus, you can't be this, or no, a, negative entities and demons can take many, many, many forms, which is kind of why it's so confusing in that topic, but 
at any rate, it definitely seems to fit the mold in your case. And I don't say that with any happiness or any glee. It's just, it is what it is. Every aspect of what you described fits perfectly into the mold of a succubus or a night hag. The only difference is, is that almost every time you have an attack of a succubus that I've ever heard of, the victim has been wide awake. It has never been an instance where they were asleep or if they were asleep, they definitely woke up whenever they were being attacked. So it's possible, I guess, that you dreamed it. I mean, that would obviously be the simplest explanation was this was all just a horrible, horrible nightmare. Um, It could also be that you were awake and passed out and thought that you were dreaming or maybe your mind's trying to convince you that you were dreaming which I've heard of in other cases. And it could also be that, as you said, you were attacked in a dream. And there are instances where spirits have communicated with people in dreams. They have uh, attacked, negative entities have attacked people in dreams. And there actually used to be a form of medium communication where people would go into deep trances or actual sleep and they would communicate with the spirit world via that because the the theory is is that your mind is not exactly fully conscious so your filters are down so you're able to process more information coming in that you wouldn't necessarily be able to when you're conscious the most obvious example i can think of that of course is edward casey uh the famous prophet slash uh seer slash spiritual healer however you want to describe him Um, where he would go into deep trances and he would tell people what their medical conditions were and made a lot of prophecies, things like that, in a trance. Not exactly necessarily communicating with the spirit world, but kind of in the same realm. So that's a lot of information to to go over to just say, I'm not sure if what you experienced was real or just a dream. I'm hoping it was just a dream. If not, you know, you, you definitely don't seem to have the best situation there that you can look at. But I would definitely also look at the possibility that it is maybe your body's reaction to things that are happening internally. You mentioned pressure on your chest and things like that. I would, of course, I'm not a medical doctor and I don't play one on TV or anything like that. But I would definitely, if you get a chance, go to the doctors, get them to check you out. Make sure there's nothing wrong with your ticker (laughs) because that pressure on your chest a lot of times is a signal that there's maybe some heart problems. So it's possible if it was a dream that it's your body trying to tell you, say something's attacking you and you need to get this looked at. So hopefully it's nothing really bad, but I would feel terrible if I didn't put that out there for you to consider. At any rate, Jim, I really appreciate you sending us your story. It was absolutely incredible and terrifying. (laughs) Thanks a lot, buddy, and hope you are doing great. Okay, our last story of the evening comes to us from Annie. And as I mentioned before, this is kind of an excerpt from her blog that she has going on. And we'll definitely link up to her blog in the show notes. So you guys go check out her blog. It is some absolutely incredible stories there. And we're going to try to give you a taste of them tonight. And what we're going to do, because it is a really long story that we're going to be sharing we're going to break it into two parts so you're going to have part of it tonight and part of it on the next episode with listener stories 
hopefully you guys enjoy this. Um, I'm going to try to do it justice. Annie's a great writer, and I'm honored that she chose to share her stories with us. At any rate, let's get into Annie's stories of the ghosts that know me. When I reached 10 years of sobriety, people started asking me who I wanted to tell and share the celebration. I told people about a time in my life where I was well on my way to hitting rock bottom. My boyfriend of eight years had suddenly broken up with me. He went to stay at his brother's house in another city, but soon the neighbors were telling me that he was coming around while I wasn't home and bringing a girl with him. The worst part was I had known the girl for years. It was a moment where I felt very disrespected, so I started packing my stuff suddenly and planned to get out of that place as soon as possible. I went to the neighborhood bar and a guy I had become friendly with heard my story and said that he had had a terrible past, but that I could crash on his couch or at his mother's house until I got enough money to move back to my original Florida city. Honestly, I was thinking that I was going to end up living out of my car, so I just did it. Jay helped me a lot in the short two months I stayed with his family. He took me to see all the sights in the area and was always trying to be a good influence. I came to find out that he had spent a good amount of time in a prison cell, so that he was trying to be the best person that he could be and change his life. I saved up my money and moved on with Jay's advice to stop drinking and stop going places so late at night. Jay later contacted me, but I told him changing my life and getting sober had brought on a lot of anxiety and we would have to see each other later on. So, at 10 years of sobriety, I wanted nothing more than to thank him for bailing me out and let him know it was one of the nicest things anyone had ever done for me. I started looking Jay up in the white pages, but I just kept figuring I would get around to it. You always think you have more time in life than you really do. Around the same time, I started waking up frequently at 3 a.m., usually 3.09 a.m. on the dot every night. Sleep eating always puts me right back to sleep, so I would make my way to the kitchen and eat granola bars and candy. One night, as I walked towards the kitchen, I came face to face with an apparition. It was just a little taller than me and was wearing a black cloak. It had blonde, curly, wet hair that hit just below the ears. I took note that he looked really wet and really dirty. He was pointing at the wall. Now, people always say that apparitions have black eyes or no eyes, but I didn't really notice anything odd about that on this one. I just noticed that he looked kind of like Jake. One thing I've learned in my life with ghosts is that when I turn on the lights, I cannot see them. So I acted like I didn't see it, walked around it, and turned on the kitchen light. I ate something feeling kind of nervous and then went back to bed. I asked my cousin, who has psychic abilities, what in the world this thing was. She said, you have a haunted object in your house. Did you buy a jewelry box or something at Goodwill or at a garage sale? I racked my brain and suggested a few vintage things I had picked up, but she vetoed every item. She finally said, it is some object in a really weird shaped box. 
you're going to find it in the back of a closet, but you didn't put it there. I was perplexed by this and clueless. I figured I must have bought something haunted secondhand because I also write about saving money and shopping. Days went by with the dogs barking and growling at things in the living room slash dining room at night, but especially around 3 a.m. I started getting really sick and nauseous. I had bad insomnia and sometimes felt something tapping me or grabbing my arm, trying to wake me up when nothing was there. It doesn't matter how many paranormal experiences I have, I'm always skeptical. At the same time, I will admit that I then initiated the first new rule of my household. Some lights must remain on in the living room slash dining room area at night. Sleepwalking into ghosts is just a nightmare. Months passed and after racking my brain over and over, I started to forget that my cousin said I had a haunted object in my possession. I continued to have terrible insomnia, most days sleeping three or maybe four hours a night. Even when I fell asleep at a normal hour, I continued to wake up between 3 and 4 a.m. If I was awake and could not sleep between 3 and 4 a.m., I would feel intense anxiety. I had to drive to work at 6.30. I could hardly stay awake to drive, and when I would arrive at my workplace, I would have debilitating nausea and dizziness most of the morning. During the hours after work, I would spend a ton of time cleaning my house and exercising at the gym. Those two activities made me feel a little less anxious and somewhat productive. One afternoon, I was dusting in my bedroom when I picked up a small jewelry box with a turtle on the lid. It was a gift from Christmas of 2003. I started thinking maybe it was time to get rid of it. I opened the lid and inhaled sharply as I realized what the box contained. It was a small black stone with a white drawing on it. It was one of those polished stones you get at a New Age health and wellness shop. The picture was of a snake. I then recalled that my friend Jay had mailed me that stone with a long letter. He told me a ton of good things he thought about me and my personality and said he chose the stone because the shop owner told him that the snake was a symbol for rebirth. He felt, since I had changed my life in a positive way and quit drinking, that it was the perfect match for me. I then remembered the apparition I ran into on the way to the kitchen, all dirty and wet. I felt scared and confused. I decided suddenly to throw the jewelry box away with the rock inside. I walked to the kitchen and placed it in the trash can. I closed the cabinet where the trash can was and breathed a sigh of relief. Maybe with this object gone, I could stop dreaming that someone was waking me up or thinking that I was seeing Jay in the middle of my dining room at 3 a.m. I thought about it while I continued cleaning, but I chalked the whole thing up to having an overactive brain that had some strong emotions and strong memories of a period of time that was very rough for me. Nothing more, nothing less. As weeks passed, I started remembering all the places that I had lived and where I had kept the jewelry box sitting in each apartment. Since the jewelry box was in the shape of a turtle and had gold accents, it was a pretty piece to keep on display. I started to realize that in every single place I had lived, I had always felt drawn to the spot where it sat. 
for some years, I would constantly sit in the seat or on the floor right beside it. When it sat in front of my huge round dresser mirror, I thought I was being insanely silly for always avoiding looking into the mirror. Months passed and I just felt like I didn't want to look in my walk-in closet unless I was quickly picking out an outfit. I chided myself, come on Annie, you're an adult, ghost stories are fiction, nobody is in your closet. However, I will admit, it felt like someone was standing right in front of the shelves in the back of my closet, staring at me. Once or twice, I even had a dream about finding a man sitting on the floor of my closet. Life just moves on when you're a skeptic. How could any ghost story be true? At this time, my husband had introduced me to his close friend Matthew, who quickly became my best friend. It was really a friendship by default. The two of us were off work in the summer, and my husband got fed up with the two of us texting him while he was at work. He told us instead to text each other and quit texting him. So we did. We both liked to tell stories. So I decided one day to tell him about the haunted object. We didn't spend a lot of time discussing it, but I remembered that he said, I believe you. I thought to myself, yeah, right. I don't even believe it. Surely he thinks I'm insane. That week, I tried to look up Jay in the white pages again. He seemed to be living in the same area not too far from where I live. But I quickly lost interest in the search. I figured I still had a lot more time. I started cleaning out my closet. It was a necessity. I always have so many clothes that I cannot find anything. I was just tossing clothing into piles. I decided hoarding clothing was not for me. The closet was quickly becoming empty, and I started moving the belt and scarf hangers. You know, the kind that take up a lot of space. I found an old drawer with antique and homemade jewelry I'd kept for years. I started to move the large drawer, and when I saw what was sitting behind it, I almost dropped everything in my hands. I seriously think I just stood there and felt sheer panic. In the back of my closet, on the shelf, the space that always made me nervous, I found the jewelry box with the rock inside. Yes, the same jewelry box that I threw in the trash months before. Now, a psychic might tell you some vague things sometimes, but my cousin was spot on. I found the jewelry box in the back of a closet where I didn't put it, just like she warned me. Okay, guys, that's where we're going to end uh, Annie's story. Tune in next time we do stories for part two. I don't know about you guys, but the whole story kind of had me on the edge of my seat. Um, it is just an incredible account. And again, I'm really honored that Annie chose to share that with us. Just like I'm honored anytime any of you guys share your stories with us. Uh, it is absolutely the biggest thrill of my life to get stories from you guys and to share them on the broadcast. And I hope that you guys hear them and are not only entertained by them, but maybe learn a little bit and understand that there are folks out there experience things that you guys are probably also experiencing and that you're not alone out there. And Annie, I definitely know the feeling. It's really, really wonderful that first time that you tell somebody everything that's happening and they just accept it. They don't 
laugh at you. They don't try to make a joke out of it or make it seem like you're crazy. They just literally say, hey, I believe you. It's a great feeling, and honestly, that's part of the reason that we do the show here. What we try to do is we try to give folks a space where you guys can share your stories. You can share your experiences and know that we're not going to judge you. We're not going to laugh at you. We're not going to make fun of you or say that you're crazy or say that what you experienced couldn't possibly happen. We're just going to believe you. We're going to take you at your word because why would you guys lie about stuff that obviously disturbs you enough that you feel like you need to tell it. Um, I know that the experiences I've had in my life are things that I don't necessarily tell everybody about just because they are really, really wild stories and people will look at you like you're nuts. And I don't ever want to do that to somebody. So I hope that you guys feel safe sharing your stories with us uh, and continue to do so. But again, Annie, I'm glad that you did find you're a, you're a person that you could tell everything to. Uh, definitely is a great feeling. And again, the story that Annie shared is part of her blog entitled The Ghosts Who Know Me. It's an incredible read. If you guys would check that out, check the show notes for that and follow her on Twitter because she's always got good stuff going on, even outside of her blog. She actually has a couple of different ones. And I um, think you guys will enjoy that. So. Once again, though, Annie, thank you very much for sharing your story, and you guys tune in for part two next time. Well, guys, that is going to do it for this episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I would like to thank Monica and Jim and Annie for sharing your guys' stories with us, and EVPs for that matter. Uh, you guys are absolute rock stars, and as always, if you guys would like to be rock stars and have your stories shared on one of our future broadcasts, simply email them to us at trueparanormalpodcast at gmail.com. That's trueparanormalpodcast at gmail.com. Or check us out on Facebook at trueparanormal-thepodcast. Uh, hit that like button. Send us a message. Send us an email from there. However you guys want to get in touch with us. We love talking to you folks about ghosts and about stories and experiences and some of the wild things that we post on Facebook. And it's also a great way just to get in touch with us if you want to share some stuff. Also, before we go any further, we need to do our podcast highlight of the week. That's right, the moment where we shine a spotlight on other podcasts out there that you guys might enjoy. Uh, this week, we're highlighting Omencast, which is a little different kind of podcast. Honestly, I've, I've never come across anyone quite like this one um instead of it being a typical podcast where a devilishly handsome and fairly well-spoken southern gentleman <laughs> tells you guys about paranormal and things like that uh in a wonderful fashion these guys are a group of role players and they go through certain adventures uh for the global office of occult monitoring examination and negation <laughs> needless to say it is a little different uh, if you are into role play if you're into the paranormal if you're into comedy and adventure this is definitely a podcast to check out i will tell you it is by far the funniest promo i've ever heard in my life and it is just like the podcast the podcast is hilarious these guys obviously have a lot of fun doing their show definitely worth a listen so here you guys go check out omen cast 
Attention, new agents. This is me, Dr. Byron Brimstone, director of the OMEN. That's the Office for Occult Monitoring, Examination, and Negation. I'm here to give you a short intro into the adventures of the OMEN Investigations team. Join us on a comedy role-playing podcast set to the modern world, where three agents travel the globe to deal with demons, cultists, and conspiracy theories. Follow the exploits of Koala Jackson, an amnesiac Australian with a dark history. Yeah. Annabelle St. John, a gun-sticking girl from the Deep South. Is it a gun cult or is it a pony cult? And Dr. Martin, a disgraced former professor from Sweden. I mean, I am from Sweden. If you like listening to people search for monsters, aliens, entities from beyond the void, and other such hoo-ha, then you should check out Omen Investigations on all good podcast apps. Bibstone out. Dolores, remind me why we're podcasting our top-secret operations again. Right. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, we would really appreciate it if you would give us a rating and a review. Or if you don't have time to do a review, I understand that. It takes a couple minutes, but just hit that little uh, rating button there and give us a great rating. If you think the show's good, give us five stars. If you think the show's poop, don't give us a rating. I guess. I don't know. Maybe give us four stars. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, if you guys would give us a rating and review, every little bit of that helps us climb the ladder at iTunes so that more folks find the show so that more folks send us stories so that we get a little bit more exposure, uh, which means better entertainment for you guys. That being said, this is Leo Rizzuti. I would like to thank you guys for joining us this week and every week for that matter. Be sure to join us next week for another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. <laughs>